Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Steve, so I think you need to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Know when to walk away. There you go. Know when to run. Keep going. You got to count your money when you're sitting <laughs> at the table every time enough for counting when a dealing's done. We just got a DMCA and our channel's being removed from the internet <laughs> by Kenny Rogers. Actually, Kenny Rogers is taking our channel down. He is. He's yeah. a bully. Crazy. Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Ricky Lima. Hello, welcome to the Shit What They Do Not Tell You About program. My name is Steve Green. Uh, it's not our podcast name at all. But it sure feels like it. Program. So, so today, what are we talking about? Okay, time? so I figured since the past couple episodes has been Steve droning on about things that he's passionate about, that maybe we should do an episode about something that I'm passionate about. That, I'm ironically passionate about Steven Seagal. Okay. That was misunderstood. That's very true. Thank you. If you're into crypto, like you really want to know in depth stuff about it, Steve does a crypto cor- corner. It's a live stream. He does two hours every week on our Patreon, patreon.com slash sticky, S-T-I-K-K-I. We have a good old time. Come on in and become a corner today. That's There's a lot have. of other things that happen on the Patreon too. Like um, we do have, uh, Discord and uh, live streams and extra bonus episodes which they don't tell you culture they don't tell you after dark there's a whole party over there so shout out to all the party people and shout out to all of the the patreons man you guys have been incredible yeah okay so enough about steve again once again trying to take over my passion episode uh when it comes to a nikki passion it's probably going to be about one of two things it's either going to be about eminem or it's going to be about poker and while well hold on yeah this is this is a recent thing True. Okay, so it'll be about one of my current obsessed hobbies. That's exactly it. Or it'll be about Eminem. She only she she diverts from hobbies so often. Yes. You'd think she goes through men like that, <laughs> but she's loyal as hell to one man. <laughs> so he thinks. And I'm convinced. However, I don't know why you're doing that. Are you okay? Is your eye okay? I just had a twitch. Oh, you have some eyelash. Yeah. But yeah, but for some reason she cannot pick one hobby. She has to go to all hobbies. Well, yeah, I, I think I'm more addicted to learning new things than I am the actual thing. Um, and whatever it is, I'll get obsessed with it. But I will say that poker is a little bit different 
this one actually feels exactly how stand-up comedy felt for me in the beginning where I wake up thinking about it, I go to bed thinking about it, I study it nonstop, I'm ever consumed with it with poker vlogs and articles and all kinds of stuff, which is exactly how it was for stand-up comedy in the beginning. So there are a few things that really stick, and this might be one of them too early to tell, but it's not the same for me as candle making or bullet journaling or things that I like. I like to do them, but I don't think about them all the time. By the way, none of that was true. Last night she was watching Survivor. Oh, I'm sorry. I was watching Survivor, and she was looking at poker while pretending to watch Survivor. (laughs) You weren't (laughs) supposed to know that. Oh, I know that. Well, you addict. So let me just fill you in on some background because I think I really like this idea for a podcast episode of Should They Don't Tell You because I've noticed through playing poker that there's a lot of aspects of, of life that show up in the game. So weaknesses you have in life also show up in the game and vice versa. Strengths that you have in life show up in the game. Uh, things that you may be overcompensating for and I wanted to run it down. But before we get into that, I just wanted to can't get boners shows up in the game. Can't get boner, yeah, yeah. If you're like if you're overcompensating, yeah. you can't get boner. If you're flaccid in in life, you might be a flaccid game player, or you might try to overcompensate for your flaccidity. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, but uh, some people, if you've been following the vlog channel, you've maybe seen the journey of me slowly doing more and more and more and more poker. Um, I used to play a long time ago when I was 21, but in the pandemic, I started playing a lot more, and in recent months, I've gotten kind of serious about it but um people but have in been a like, healthy way yeah like you're, well, you're at the I'm commerce like two three times say, a week i'm about to say that people are say are trying to say that i'm addicted to gambling which couldn't I, I understand i understand that but i couldn't be farther from the truth like to me gambling is craps like if i wanted to gamble i play craps and i do love craps craps is really fun do i wake up thinking about craps no I don't wake up thinking about who crap. does. It's not really the thrill of winning money for me with poker. It's the improvement of the game. And the more I learned about poker and learned how complex it is and, and the and the strategies involved, and it's just it's unparalleled. I mean, chess is the only thing I could kind of compare it to. But even then, AIs have learned how to beat every human in chess, but they haven't learned to beat every human is in that true no limit hold up that's yeah. so interesting there, because there's so much variance and because human emotion plays a part in it they cannot be humans you're talking no about deep blue which was the ibm program that beat gary kasparov i believe yeah in chess it took years for them to do that i remember in the late mm-hmm. 90s they actually were able to beat him finally mm-hmm. and so so there's nothing that exists like for ai that has beaten they can beat limit hold them which is wow. without the all-in option, you know, you're very limited on how much you can bet each time. But they cannot beat every human. I'm impressed. At no I, I did not hold. know that. Yeah, so it's it's exciting. Cause I have it, to say too, in your defense, because like, it is funny to make fun of all this stuff yeah. and to pretend like you're a gambling addict, but you're actually like, I mean, we'll play just with our friends. Like you had like the big moo girls over. Yeah, and I'll play casually. And, but you, but you play like you care the same way like you'll play casually we're playing a casual right. game for no money at all yeah 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 but you play the same way oh, where yeah. you're trying to learn and you're trying to like show the game and teach the game well because games aren't fun if you're not playing seriously that's my thing is that like if you're just like it's just a game but you play approach it that way i know it's just a game like yeah. I, if i lost at, like i don't people think i get really sad if i lose i don't really get sad if i lose i get more sad if people aren't interested in playing the game like, well, I was telling your father recently about how you've been ripping people's throats out at poker mm-hmm. and how I've watched that happen up and close and personal. And he told me something that I think is very beautiful. He said, well, Nikki plays to win. Yeah. 
And I think so, everyone should. Right. And not yeah. everyone does. Not everyone does. So I think that's sometimes the difference for you with things because you play to win. You really do. Yeah. And so when money was involved, I feel like there's more at stake for people to play to win. Yes. You know what I mean? Whereas like if you're playing a board game, I get how some people can be like, well, I don't really care. And they're just playing because like they feel pressured by their family to play or whatever. But in poker, if you're going to choose to sit down at a table, like you're putting money that you earned into a pot for strangers to take if you don't try to try to win it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I do really enjoy that aspect of poker. And um, it's not really I'll get I'll get more into this, but it's not about um, how much you're winning, although that is a metric some people can use, because obviously in the long run, you're trying to keep it profitable. You don't want to lose money doing this, but uh, it's more about how you played. Like you're going to have due to variance, you're going to have like cold runs where like you're just running cold and you're just you're losing not because you played bad, but because of. A variance and then if you just stick to your system you can profit in the long run but um like i said it's just an incredibly complex technical and strategic game and um until poker i had not really found any life application for my almost exactly 50 50 left brain right brain like every quiz i've ever taken on are you left brain or white right brain it's always like 50 50 left brain being technical, right brain being creative. Like I'm really good at math and then I also love art, but I wouldn't say I'm a math whiz and then I wouldn't say I'm like some crazy creative genius either. I'm always just like competent. Like I'm very competent <laughs> at both, but I'm not like, wow, what a killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, it, you can pick it up quick though. I have to say you pick up things very quickly. Yeah. And so that's why forever I've said, you know, I'm a jack of all trades, but master of none, which Sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, it's better, actually. But I don't know. I've always kind of been bummed that I've always wanted to just like master something. But I'm always just like good at things. Yeah. And and it's just because I feel like my brain doesn't go extremely one way or the other. It's very in the middle and balanced, which is great in poker mm. um, <laughs> because uh, it, like, OK, so, for example, my Myers-Briggs personality is um we've done those tests on on here before but they yeah it's infj but it's always like kind of 50 50 on the introvert extrovert part and kind of 50 50 on the thinking feeling part i lean more towards introvert and a little bit more towards feeling but it's always like right in the middle and poker is a balance of intellect and intuition where i would even say that intuitive players kind of have an edge because you can teach the technical part you can teach math but you can't learn intuition you can't like you can't like teach intuition so um you know intuitives i think have a little bit of an edge but a lot of intuitives if you're like heavily on that side they won't put the work in to learn the math so you still get an edge if you're if you're a math person too um anyway so that being said there are things that i've learned in poker that i think can also be applied to life and disclaimer uh I'm not an expert at either of them, but I enjoy studying and getting better at both. So here we go. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, yes. And I've put it in quite a few hours at the table. So number one, in poker and in life, you should always be striving to make EV plus decisions. Oh, excuse me? Do you know what EV plus decisions are, Steve? No, I do not. Okay. Well, let me break it down. So the basic concept of... EV is EV stands for expected value. 
Um, if you continually make positive EV decisions, you will profit in the long run through throughout all the natural variants of the game, throughout luck, throughout strategy, throughout all of it. If you're continuously and consistently making EV plus decisions that are broken down through math and the technical part of it, then you will you will profit in the long run. If you continuously make negative EV decisions, expected value decisions, you will lose in the long run because of variance and luck and strategy. And so poker is basically just consistently making good decisions and getting rewarded for it. Yes, you can make some good decisions and still lose uh, because of variance. Just like in life, you can continuously make good decisions and sometimes lose because of variance. Um, but you, it, but if you shake it off and you just continue to make good decisions, despite that, it's almost a st statistically certain that you'll be rewarded in the long run. And I feel like that's the way it is in life too. If you don't let your emotions get to you just because of a loss and you just continue to make good decisions in the long run, I like, I like to think that you'll still be rewarded. Uh, likewise in poker, you can make bad decisions and get rewarded for it in the short run. But over time, if you continuously make bad decisions, you will almost certainly pay for it. So I feel like that's just like in life. There will always be variants and people that you see get ahead when they, like, they shouldn't, you know. But it might not be sustainable for them in the long run because they just got lucky. And it's also what makes the game fun. Um, it can be hard to see people make the wrong choice and still beat you. But it's also why a lot of amateurs will keep playing and they like they like had a hot streak and they thought it was skill but then eventually they keep making mistakes often to your benefit if you stick around and so i think with both poker and life you should strive to be making ev plus decisions how can i make an ev plus decision like um just like what's a, what's a real world example like like doing the right thing it's just a analogy for doing the right thing mm. like continuously you're doing the right thing despite if you're getting rewarded for it or not. Mm. And it can be really hard. Like you and I know for like we've many times done so many of the right things, but it just doesn't, it doesn't get rewarded. And then you see a person do the wrong thing and then it, they get rewarded for it. And it's sure. really frustrating. And that happens in poker too. But I like to believe that if you continuously do the right thing in life, that you'll eventually, it'll all collect and you'll, you'll be rewarded for it. Okay. And not that you're doing it for the reward, but like you're doing it because that's the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. And so I think that you just eventually do get a better life from it and you do get a better poker long run from it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So that leads me to my next thing is knowing your value and setting your price. So when you have a good hand in poker, you should get paid for it. But a lot of times people don't know how much they should be asking for and either they ask too little for it or they ask way too much and it scares everybody away. And you want to get paid decently without scaring people away. So this goes the same for life. I feel like when you're an independent contractor, um, you need to know what your value is and you need to set your price accordingly. Or if you're an employee, you need to know when to ask for a raise. So you're going to be asking for a raise on the flop in poker when you have a, a value hand. And then also, if you don't have a value hand, sometimes you can get away with hyping yourself up enough to get people to believe your hype, and that's known as bluffing. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so there are people who make a decent living in this industry from bluffing, both in life and from and in poker. That's true. Um, okay, the next one is, it's not about the cards you're dealt, 
it's how you're that's how you play them that's you've heard that before that's like of a course. cliche thing but i don't just mean the cards in your hand i think it's about the whole picture like playing everything you got even your perceived weaknesses so for example um in poker being a, a female most women are risk averse you know it's just a, it's just statistically most women are risk averse so i feel like when i sit down at the table at least in my experience it's kind of assumed that i'm going to play pretty tight like pretty risk averse Interesting. so it's a weakness because regulars will try to bluff you off the pot with weaker hands like they'll be holding something weaker but they'll just assume you'll fold if they raise you because a lot of women are risk averse is that why they just dump all in sometimes on you like i've seen that yeah i mean it could all in is pretty that's pretty extreme but like even making a substantial re-raise to a raise that i made off a good hand they'll assume even if they have a weaker hand if they re-raise enough that i won't want to risk it right because that's how tight players play but um yeah women i think are assumed to be a little bit more tight i mean games like mafia kind of is what it sounds like the poker is a lot like mafia for sure yeah um but uh I think that a strength is knowing this is how that you're, you're perceived and then using it to your advantage. So I will play tight until uh, that table image is confirmed in their minds. And then I I will start to re-raise with bluffs in my perceived That's range cool. and I'll bluff and bluff and bluff and they won't think I'm bluffing because cool. they think I'm playing really tight. Hope, hope they don't see this video. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it will change depending on who I'm playing against. Usually if they're keen enough, they stop trying to bluff me off the pot. And they change their strategy, and then I go back to playing. What do you do if you're getting tight? bad cards? If I'm getting You've been bad, there for two and a half hours. I mean, that's a hard question to answer because um, you have to define what bad cards. Well, are. so like, okay, for example, you you just said that you you like to um, uh, make people realize that you're not bluffing. Uh huh. What if you don't have shit though? How well, can you do that? It, How can it, you set that? Okay, mood? I won't. I won't bluff if I don't. If I absolutely have garbage. I, I don't go extreme on bluffing, but mm. for me to enter the pot in the first place, I didn't have a garbage hand. You know, I'm not going to play some junk hand pre-flop. Um, so if I'm entering the hand, it means I thought I, I thought before the flop I had a pretty decent hand. Uh, and then once we go into it, based off my perceived range, based off of my table position, if I didn't hit my hand, I can still pretend I hit my hand. Okay. So like, let's say I have a jack 10 suited and it's not my suit that comes on the flop at all some other suit but there's a lot of that suit or whatever or if it's you know almost a straight but it's not quite a straight my odds of hitting a straight if it's not quite a straight if it's a if it's an open-ended straight are are pretty decent so i'm gonna semi bluff like i don't have the hand i didn't hit it on the flop but i'm gonna bluff as if i already had the hand i love it yeah and so that's when it, it's like a it's not an all the way bluff, but I'm I'm representing something, a very specific hand, and I'm letting you know that that's what I'm representing, and you can choose whether or not you're going to believe it. Got it. And if I have already established a pretty tight t- table image, they are going to believe it. They're yeah, going to think. Yeah, you branded yourself a certain way at the table. Yeah. And now they expect something. So they're from like you. already like, oh, lady, she probably plays tight, yes. and then like, oh, look, it's confirmed. Like she only bets big when it's an AK or. Uh, a, a pocket pair or something in her hand. I have to say, when I was in Vegas watching you, because I watched Nikki for like, I don't know, six hours in Vegas, because mm-hmm. I, I don't like to play anything if I don't know how the ins and outs of it and how, how that works. Yeah. So I was studying it, watching you play. 
And when some when you would go all in on something, it's almost like there was like sneers and like, oh, I'm about to get this chick. Yeah. And every time you ripped their throat out, they yeah. couldn't believe that you had. And then they got too scared to call me on things. And I'm telling you folks, people who were talking like they're your best friend, like yeah. 15 minutes prior to that are all of a sudden they're all chummy and all this shit and they're talking like fun and stuff. They're all of a sudden leaving the table or being like, can I get another table, please? Like, I'm a, it was crazy to see the night and day difference. The ones that people. were super cocky going into it. Yes. Yeah. And then we saw this young kid sit there. He's like 20 something. And yeah. you, he all leaned against you and got wrecked. I feel bad because I trapped him. I How'd did. you trap him? Well, I pretended like I didn't have anything. Right. And then I made a raise at the very end that was like an overbet yeah. to make it look like I was bluffing. So then he overbet. And then well, I he ended, didn't have to. He had a full house and I had quads and you know, I, yeah, I beat you him, had but, king quads. Yeah. But that's another strategy is like, so I had been winning a lot of hands already during that. So I, that was my perceived table image is like either how is she winning all these hands, like having so many good hands or she must be bluffing. So then I played it like that one was a bluff because like to get quads is is not common. So yeah. like, yeah, I played it like a bluff and he knew he had a full house. So if I was bluffing, he was going to win. And then I bet like way more than you would if you were trying to play a value hand. Uh, so he thought I was bluffing. And yeah, I Love I feel it. bad but because he was a nice kid. But yeah. But yeah. Oh, please. He's trying to kill you too. Give <laughs> me a break. And that's the thing too. Like you can't feel too bad because yeah, come on. people are trying to out there steal your money. money. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that's what I'm saying is... Um, like play your whole hand like you have more than just the cards in your hand you have your table image you have the stack to pot ratio that you have like uh, are you short stack are you deep stack there's so many aspects to the game that's not just the cards in your hand right. that you can be playing with that's all kind of psychological um can i ask real quick have you ever had a royal straight flush or seen one which is the best hand in poker no okay i've never seen a royal flush wow uh yeah yeah, I've only known a couple people who have, like, in real life. I've I've heard people that had them. But it's like the Great White Buffalo. The guy that I was playing yesterday said that he got a royal flush one time in his life, and uh, he got so lucky because the guy was betting into him, thinking because he had pairs, uh, he had a he had a pair of aces, so the guy thought he had the winning hand for sure, and um, he kept betting into this person and like the guy that I was sitting next to and. Um, he was like, yeah, I had flopped a royal flush. So like the whole time I was just in shock. I knew I, w I won. So I just kept calling him. I didn't even try to raise or anything. I was just like, oh my God, I can't even believe this is happening. I just wanted people to see it at the end. Dude, the craziest feeling. I know how that feels a little bit. I mean, in my own way. Yeah. Because I was sitting behind you when you, you, you would pull your cards up a little bit. And so I could see. Yeah. When I saw you had pocket kings, mm -hmm. which means under the gun, she had uh kings two kings like given to her right well under the gun is a table position but oh i mean i mean under yeah. your what do you call it un in the hole in the hole thank yeah. you in the hole you had two kings yeah like you, you picked them up and i was like that's pretty cool this is gonna be fun and then when i saw that the flop had two kings i was like holy shit god yeah and and it's hard to sit behind you and pretend like everything's yeah. chill <laughs> when i'm like oh my god she's about to fucking school everybody you that's, I mean? that's I when i like, slow ah! play that's when i slow play yeah, yeah, yeah so that when you get something like that that's when you do what's called value bets like where you're trying not to scare people off the pot you're trying to make it look like 
you don't have anything, yeah. but maybe you could have something. So you're, you're gonna you're just gonna do a small bet to see if anyone will stay in the pot, and maybe if they have something, like maybe you'll fold. Mm. But um, but yeah. So then you test the waters, and like you don't want to bet too big because if no one has anything, they're gonna fold. Right. Yeah. So so I I think I I would probably check that to see if uh, anyone wanted to bet like they have something. And then I would just call and then see where it goes. And then at, towards the end, like. It was fun, dude. Because yeah. I, I would do a thing sometimes where you would pull your cards up and I would not look. Uh-huh. And just to see how you played it. And then when I saw you flip, flip your cards over, I would be just as surprised as everybody else. And then I would see how you play when I know what cards you have. It was just super fascinating. That's fun. Yeah. I would love to see it from your perspective. Um. So, uh. yeah. So, attributing this to life, I feel like you can you can win by playing all of your cards, you know, not just the hands you were dealt. Like if you were born into a rich family or a poor family, or if you're uneducated or your income level is different. Um, sometimes people will doubt you because of maybe your education level or income level, but just let them, let them judge that. And then a lot of times, cause a lot of times in life I see this and I see especially really intelligent women uh, because sexism is really frustrating. I'll see them trying to like prove that they're smart. But honestly, it just kind of makes you look insecure. And then uh, I feel like personally, letting other people think that they're the smartest people in the room um, has served me well, both in life and true. in poker. That's very, very true. Like pe- people will spill a lot of leaks uh, or reveal a lot of their motivation or agenda or strategy in poker. Because they think you don't understand. And, and they'll, yeah, and they'll make a lot yeah. of mistakes when they think that they're smarter than you. The which, best thing is I've seen guys try to teach you poker while you're at the table, oh God, and I'm like, whoa, most... this chick knows more about poker, like, asleep. Trust me, she's dreaming about it. But then, then I just play dumber. I go, oh, right. my God, thank you. That's so crazy. Oh, my God, great. That's there. Wow. It's so funny. <laughs> but, yeah, so so then they'll make a lot of mistakes because they think you're, they're smarter than you, and then you can actually use those later to outsmart them and they'll be so confused that they won't even know what hit them love it because they will have thought that they were ahead of you the entire time so So it's fun um oh actually i have an example of this so in vegas when we first sat down at the table i did this stupid bimbo move i wasn't even trying to like act dumb or anything but i play um the three five blinds here in los angeles um, but when I went to Vegas, that table was really full. So I went to the lower stakes table, which was a, it was one, three, I believe. Yeah. One, three blinds. And so when I sat down, um, I and just real quick, one, three is like you, you pay one dollar is the small blinds, three dollars, the big blinds. You basically three dollars is the minimum you have to be able to bet to, to play the hand. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I base how much I bet on my hands based on the, the big blind number so it'll be like two or three big blinds to bet on the pre-flop as the first raise okay but so, so if I, it's three you go like nine yeah but at home five it's i play the five dollar big blinds so i already know off the top of my head that i'm gonna put down 15 Got it. or 20 or whatever it is but um yeah since it was three i had a brain fart and so the first hand i played i was like wait what's some two big blinds and that's exactly the delivery I set it into because I was trying to figure things out of my head while I was saying it. Yeah. And the dealer was like six dollars because it's three dollar big blinds. I was like, oh, right. OK, thank you. And then I put down six dollars. <laughs> 
And <laughs> the whole table was like, is it your first time playing? I'm like, no, it's no, I swear I play. <laughs> but it made me look, you know, more yeah. ditzy. Well, the guy and, across from you really, he bought it for a second. Yeah, he and, did, for a second. Yeah. And then I ended up, uh, the guy the guy at the other side uh, three bet me a, a big number. He like three times my, my bet. And then um, I four bet him because I had kings. And he went all in, and so I went all in, and then I ended up winning that hand. And then everyone was like, I think you've played poker before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun because mm -hmm. that was the running joke throughout the whole game was like, I kept making dumb, saying dumb comments, but not meaning to. And then it ended up working to my advantage because people were just thinking that they could bluff me out the pot or keep betting or th that I didn't have anything. And it was, it was fun. I, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. We should take a break. Yeah. But when we come back, I have a few more things to share that I think that I've learned in poker that helped me in life and I want to share them with you. And I'm going to ask Nikki, uh, very importantly, is poker moral when we return on Shit They Don't Tell You Network on the, on the Shit That They Do Not Tell You About program? Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit CarShield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at CarShield.com audio. That's CarShield.com audio. Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world.
These days, you can't go anywhere on the internet without running into the most horrible takes. You know, your good old-fashioned homophobes, or your self-proclaimed alpha males, who are writing two-page articles titled, How to Score the Perfect Female in 10 Days. If you are just as sick of these outdated takes as we are, you will love our podcast, Outspoken, hosted by me, Sam Collins, and my incredible partner, Shannon. We are an LGBT couple who have seen it all, been called it all, and are ready to take on the never-ending world of outrageous online opinions. Each week, we bring you the most ridiculous videos, hot takes, and hellbent news we come across on the internet. So, come laugh with us as we dismantle outdated ideologies and tear apart the most confident idiots on the internet on our podcast, Outspoken. You can follow and listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you are listening right now. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out huge amounts. Like we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Blythe. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Cute. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> what are those, Steve? This is the sound of a poker room. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. That's very true. Except it's like bouncing all over the walls yeah yeah there's like so many people and when you realize doing that what's actually going on it's super interesting because it's just a bunch of people who are nervous yep. and fidgeting with them it's not actually action people moving chips across nope. the table very rarely is that it's happening people sitting in their spot and playing just with their fidgeting chips. with yeah. their chips and some people do tricks it's super weird it's very weird i i don't do that but, but as an observer of the sport, I find it interesting. Yeah, I, I do see that it happens to people. It looks like an intimidating thing, like they're they're thinking about something super hard. Yes. But it really is just nerves. Like some cats are doing tricks. You can't see me, but they're like moving the poker across the... I mean, you can see me if you're on YouTube, but they're like moving it across their hand and shit, but then they suck at poker. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yeah. They spend more time on their poker tricks. On their poker tricks. Instead of their poker game. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, it's super weird. It's silly. Well, actually, that brings me to my next point, which okay. is to be self-aware and adaptable. So uh, knowing your weaknesses is going to be huge for you in poker because people are all, always trying to exploit them. So if you uh, if you don't know your weaknesses, you're just going to continue to get exploited and you're going to lose all your money. And yes. same goes in life. I feel like, like strong people or people that are like kind of like more alpha will try will notice your weaknesses right away and they'll exploit them and try to bully you facts yeah i mean that's what that's what they do so you have to be able to identify your weaknesses and also be adaptable enough to stand up for yourself and to um change your gameplay when you notice that happening uh anyway Choosing your battles and knowing when to walk away. I feel like this is something that Steve could learn from poker. A true. <laughs> like some hands are just not worth fighting for. Like some. Subtext. Yeah. I'm a hothead. I didn't say it. That's what she was getting at right now. You're also I'm hot. Of, I'm a bit of a hothead. I'm also a, a very attractive You're a hottie. Man. But I am a hothead big time. If somebody. Okay. I'll never forget this. Okay. We're walking out of a party mm -hmm. a couple years ago. 
it's like 10 at night, 10 30 at night. We're like downtown. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were uncomfortable because these guys were like drunkenly like yelling shit. Yeah. And I told them to shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I yelled over at them to shut the fuck up. Yeah, because we didn't, we were in a, some dark street in the middle of downtown. Like they're, they're a group of guys. Two guys. Okay, there's two guys, but you don't know what they're like. You don't know how crazy they well, are. Do shit. But, well, I don't care. Then you got lucky. Wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's so, not yeah, worth it. Sometimes I just, I just get this thing. I get this little like, it's like my eyes twitch a little bit and I just fucking start launching. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not, I'm not proud of it. I bring it up because it's something I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so if you were to do that, I feel like that would be one of your weaknesses in poker too, is that if you see someone and they've been bluffing a lot of pots and they've been winning them, like it gets, you you get this like injustice tilt where, (laughs) which I'll talk about tilt a little bit later too, but um, where you want to punish them. Uh, so tilt is just basically emotions, like when you're letting your emotions play the game instead of logic and strategy. And that happens a lot because people will piss you off. And sometimes you'll want to punish them for it, but you're not doing it on the right hands. You're just like, because you don't want to wait to punish them. You want to punish them now. You know they, that they're bluffing. They don't have shit. So then you start making all these crazy bluffing moves, even if you don't have shit, yeah. just to like teach them but then they call you on it and they end up having it and then you lose all your money and then you get even more mad so good and so yeah that's the stuff that could happen and i that feel would like absolutely happen to me that happens in life that's yeah. a flaw that i have exactly that would definitely be exploited if someone's trying to like just if someone's continuously dominating you either oh, bluffing fuck, you off a yeah, pot or they're actually like just they keep if they're winning. pissing me off and they yeah. keep on beating me i'm going to go to great lengths to destroy them yeah and that will destroy me yes exactly yeah. it's like i'm like ahab to the moby dick for all the all you literary references out there all the literary references oh, thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> all the literary refugees out there yeah steve so i think you need to know when to hold them and when to fold them know when to walk away there you go know when to run keep going you got to count your money when you're sitting at the table every time enough accounting when a dealing's done. We just got a DMCA and our channel's being removed from the internet <laughs> by Kenny Rogers. Actually, Kenny Rogers is taking our channel down. He is. He's yeah. a bully. Crazy. I also don't believe you should count your money at the table. Don't do that. I do that. And in, 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 in when, when I'm the most nervous when we're playing yeah. craps, I do that and it always fucks me. Yeah. It, it puts you. me right in my head and then I roll a seven. It makes you fear-based. Exactly. Yeah. That's actually another form of tilt, but I'll get to that okay, later. Okay. Okay. So uh, the next one is be patient and opportunities that are meant for you will be obvious. I like that. Yeah. Both in poker and in life. Just yeah, be patient. We, we try to sometimes, you know, this is very good advice I got when I first started doing improv. It's like not always, you're not always up there to just, just, just to hit foul balls. Like you want strikes. Yeah. So like wait. You want, you don't bit. want strikes. You, you oh, want, I'm sorry. You, you no, but you want to. I think strikes in sports. You want to strike is, out. Is, is what yeah, I was taught. In a bowling, you and want that's strikes. Why I'm not good at in, in bowling, you want strikes. <laughs> this is why I'm not good at improv. I just uh, found out. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, you, you just need to brush up on your sports references. <laughs> think you'll be okay. No, no, no. You, I want. I, I, what I mean by that is, um, if you're pitching, right, mm-hmm. and, and you want to throw strikes, right? Yes. And you don't want to. You, you want your foul balls are fine. I see. If I, think I, I was on the wrong team in your analogy. I was like, well, if I was I'm in the wrong position. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there we go. Well, actually, that's one in poker is uh, play your position. Play by, play by your position, not by the cards in your hand. Define that. Well, certain positions are way more advantageous than others. And you can play a lot looser in those positions than you would 
in the opening position. Well, when you say position, though, that's... Your position at the table. Thank you. So in relation to the dealer, which isn't the actual dealer, this part gets confusing, but there's a dealer chip that moves around the table clockwise. Yes. And everyone rotates being this dealer chip because it's the best seat at the table. It's You're the last person to do any sort of action, so you get to see how everyone is trying to play their hand before it even comes to you. You're the last input on the pot. Yeah, and so you could use this to your advantage because you can, you can kind of sense if anybody has shit or not. So you can either bluff or you can continue to watch. You can do what you, the world is your oyster at this position. Very cool. So, um, but when you're right next to that position on the other side, if you're uh, to the left of that position, you're in a very disadvantageous spot where you're the first person that has to act each time. So everyone can tell if you're confident about your hand or not. Well, that. Or get an idea perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of it. Um, you have to have a much better hand as, as all, because if you're going to represent a strong hand, from that position, you have to have a much better starting hand. And um, if you try to, if like, let's say it doesn't hit on the flop and you're going to try to bluff like you still have a pretty good hand, you don't know if the person after you or if the person after them is going to re-raise that and now yeah. you're going to have to fold, but you just put money into the pot. So you're like volunteering extra money into the pot, not really knowing, whereas the last player to act gets to know whether or not they want to continue the hand right. without putting money in the pot. Okay, got it. Yeah. And so you can also, knowing that there's different ranges for each position, and so you can play your range from that position versus your actual hand. Love it. Yeah, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to the opportunities thing. If it's, not a, if it's not a fuck yeah, it's a no on the preflop for me by position. Uh, I don't understand. Well, like, if it's not, if it's a 9-5 offsuit, okay. to me, that is not a fuck yeah. See, sometimes this is the, okay. This is kind of I wanted to critique your game a little bit. Yeah. As somebody who's less experienced. Okay, great. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, so when I see you have like two jacks or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you'll just fold no, it. No, that's not true. Oh, maybe not two jacks. Okay, no, it's like a jack. Yeah, the ones jack that... seven. But I'm like, jacks are good. You should fucking play it. Like, yeah. What are you doing? So you don't like when I fold a king four or a q six. I fucking hate it actually. Yeah, but those are trash hands. I think you're trash actually. <laughs> if you're really good, you could play that hand. You could. If you're really good, you could play that hand. See? You could make that argument for See? sure. And it's very frustrating when I fold a queen six and then a queen six po- pops up on the flop. It's happened multiple times. Because then it's two pairs. Yeah. But the amount of time statistically, if you go and study it, you can use a, you can use an EV calculator for this. And you can see the number of times if you were to play that hand and you, and you put money in the pot a hundred times, you would lose most of the time. Because you have a... But not every time. (laughs) (laughs) Because what are you going to do for the player that has a a queen king? I'm going to pray. So a queen comes on the table and you're going to bet because you have a queen in your hand, but they have a higher kicker than you. It's more than likely they have a higher kicker than you, especially if there was betting going on on the preflop. Like if people raised on the preflop, they're saying I have a strong hand and they're not going to say I have a strong hand if they have a Q6 in their hand. They're just not going to say that. Okay, guys, real quick. Sometimes... Nikki will start shouting at the person and I'm like, that's kind of mean. Don't, don't shout at them, please. But she'll be like, <laughs> I don't know where she'll be like, going. what do you got? Oh, I, oh, you got the Jack, huh? You got the Jack. You got the Jack too. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not you, you, shouting no, at you them. just laugh, but she just laughed because she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Did I she, do it? She'll be like, I you got it? the Jack, huh? You got the Jack too. And then I'm not even kidding guys. It's spooky. Then they'll turn their cards over, and it's exactly what Nikki said. I'll, I'll say exactly the cards. You'll in their say exact, and she does this like multiple times. This isn't like something she did two two times. I sat there for six hours. She's doing this like six six times an hour. 
I can tell by their bedding size, well, at least what they're trying to represent. So, and then I can kind of tell by their facial expressions and their tells whether the hand they're trying to represent is actually the hand in their hand. And a lot of times, especially on low stakes poker, they don't bluff as often when they're making certain size bets. And, and so, yeah, I could be like, you have a Q10, you have, t- you have a pair of 10s. You have <laughs> Dude, it's and then they'll show me if I'm it's right. They'll show spooky. me because I'm not mean about it. I'm like, no, you you're two shouting tens. at them. You're you screaming. Two, two tens. Come on. You could tell you have two tens. <laughs> it's probably why you don't like my mafia play either. I do the same thing on mafia. I'm like, oh, you'll like, just you're the, jump down someone's you're, throat. You're mafia. Exactly. <laughs> but you're the I made man. Say, you're the I will made say, man. This is how you sold me on poker is you because I, I was already I, I didn't not not like poker, but I yeah. was never that into it. You sold me on it by being like, it's like Mafia. And Mafia is my favorite game ever. Ah. So I'm like, that's fucking good sell. And by the way, it is. The more I understand poker, yeah. the more it is actually like it's Mafia. It's deduction well, and, and intuition. It's judgment. And it's judgment. Intuition and, yeah. And whether you're right or wrong, mm-hmm. you could just be like, I think you're Mafia. I don't know. You're being weird. You're sweating. You're fucking touching your face <laughs> or whatever. And you could yeah. be just as right as somebody who's like studied the game. Yeah. Like you just don't know. You sometimes. don't know. Because yeah. Because some people are nervous, are more nervous than others. Some people have actual poker faces. Mm-hmm. Some people are like Lady Gaga, where I think she's like, I got my poker face, my poker face, but she looks like she's coming. That's not how the song goes. I'm a fan <laughs> of the song, so please don't do that to me. I'm a big Gaga head. Uh huh. We will not I'm get a monster. We'll not get a copyright strike on I'll that. I'll have you know that I'm a segment. monster. Uh huh. So please don't do that to me. You're a monster. I'm a monster. I'm a mo- I'm a mo- I'm a little monster. Okay. Okay. Noted. Those are her fans, by the way. That's what we call ourselves. Got it. We call ourselves the monsters. So don't fuck with me on this one, actually. I don't appreciate that. All I can think about is I'm friends with the monster that's under my bed. You thought I would go a whole episode without Nobody bringing up Eminem? No. Compared to... My papa poker face, my papa poker face. There it is. See, nobody, nobody even That's knows how the song goes. what you're talking about compared Were to that song. Were you spending the whole time trying to remember how the song goes? Yeah. <laughs> and I was using all my throwaway lines to to think while I was just saying things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, okay, fine. I could read your hand. I, I can read it. it. I hate it. Mark, cut all that, please. I'm very embarrassed why, by that. That's why knowing your opponents is the thing. Is like you have to know. I have to watch them play a few hands to know whether what kind of player they are. Right. And then I can really accurately guess what, what they're holding in their hands. Um, and I also, I do it, I do it bantery. So like there's a friendly vibe at the table where they'll show me after if I'm right. Yeah. That, I was like that. Actually. Yeah. Especially if they won the pot. The people you know? who turn their cards over and they like, cause everybody else folded and they just don't show cards. I don't, you don't, you don't show cards. No. But I like when they show cards. Well, I'll show them. You show them occasionally, but it's always, when I show cards, it's always strategically. It's always to yeah, let I've them know that. that I'm not bluffing. You're not fucking around. Or if I want them to believe I bluff a lot, I'll show them when I want a pot when I did bluff, and then they'll think I'm bluffing all the time, and they'll give me money. Okay, can I ask you this? But, I had a question about this too. Yeah. I saw you one time. You had like a queen or something. Yeah. And I, I assume, and and I don't know what happened, but for like the pot had like two queens, mm-hmm. and then you everyone else folded. You showed them the queen. But you didn't show them the other card. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Because if they had a queen and a higher kicker, they would have beat me. And I just wanted them to know that I had something. But you didn't not. want them to build confidence from it. I didn't want them to know what my range is. It, let's say I played that Q6. Because maybe from the big blind, if everybody limped in, which means that the, no one raised preflop, and I have a Q6 in my hand as the big blind, I'll just check. So yeah. I didn't raise anything. So that's the time where I would play the, the trash hands that you always want me to play. Thank you. Please. So let's say I had a Q6, and I end up winning the pot. Well, I want them to know I had the queen and that's why I was betting. But I don't want them to know that I play Q6. 
Got it. Because then they'll start being like, oh, she probably has a Q6. I was so confused by that. Yeah. So, so you weren't confident about your kicker necessarily, but you didn't necessarily want them to know that. I don't want them to know my range, your, like range the range is. of what my Got hands it. are. Got it. Yeah, because a Q... For all they know, it could have been a, a suited... Jack. It could have been a suited king. It could have mm. been. It could have been anything. Yeah. So but you I wanted just, to show them the most, the the biggest part of your weapon. Right. Yeah. So if I if a queen was the highest card on the board and I won with top pair, I just wanted them to know that I had top pair. I love it. I don't want them to know anything else about Thank it. Thank you. The, the, yeah. See, I study your game. I'm yeah. a fan. I'm a fan well, of your thank game. You. Thank you. Um. Okay. But not your mouth. I'm not a fan of your mouth. You're talking shit on me big time. Excuse and Mark's you. gonna cut all that though. He's gonna have Excuse my back. I, I know he will. He always. Sometimes does. you tell me you love my mouth, my pretty mouth. I do love your pretty little mouth. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, this. Oh, this actually the next one is some ace in the holes are better than others, so don't get too cocky. So a lot of people think that if they just have an ace in their hand, they're gonna win the hand. I'm that person. You're that person. I'm a hundred thousand yeah. percent that person. But and so they get cocky about it when oh, an ace all in. when an ace shows up on the board, and that happened yesterday. So yesterday, yesterday there was a few people at the table actually that would just any ace they would raise or they like. Would play it. It was wild. It took me a half second to realize that that's what they were doing, and then um, so I only play ace ace ten and above is uh, is what I'll play. Or if it's like in in on the wheels, what is called ace, ace five suited and below, maybe I'll play that if it's suited. But suited means it's the same uh, same suit. Same suit, yes. Yeah, cool. um, so I played an ace jack. I was the opener, and I open raised an ace jack. Um, and people raised me on it. I don't remember exactly what positions, but there were a lot of people that ended up going into the into the pot to see the flop. And an ace comes on the flop. And I bet, because I was the opener, and I bet a small value bet just in case no one else had an ace. I didn't want them to fold. I want money for this yes. ace because I have an ace jack. It's pretty strong. Um, the two other guys folded, and then this guy over here, he... Uh, he calls and then the next hand I check because I'm like, hmm, I want to see what he does. Does he have an ace or does he, like how confident is yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He bets a bunch. And so uh, oh, he actually, no, he goes all in. He goes all in because wow. I checked. So he thought, oh, maybe she didn't have an ace. She was just continue. It's called C betting. Like when you, you pre bet on the flop. And so you feel like you have to continue betting. Yeah, of course. You, yeah. Okay. You're so to, down. to like represent a strong hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes all in and I call and he had an ace six off suit. I had an ace jack. There was no other. We didn't have no. No one had two pairs. Um, so I won his pot. Yeah, because he just thought he won because he has an ace. Can I just say, if I have an ace, well, first of all, if you ever have the misfortune of playing poker with me, because I'm coming for you. Okay. Actually, I think they'd be very fortunate if they played with well, you. Well, not because I'm coming for you. Oh, okay. That's why it's misfortune. You're coming for them to give you them all your money. I'm coming to wreck you. Yeah. I'm coming to get you good. Uh huh. Okay. Uh huh. Um, if you ever see me go all in, it's because I have an ace. I have one, at least one. One ace, ace yeah. At, at least, least one. one. I'm going all in. If, <laughs> and if you ever see me at a poker table and I'm going like, man, these fucking cards suck, it's because I haven't gotten any aces. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's literally all I'm there for. I'm just there to get aces. Wait, what if you get like a, a queen? You like that? Well, but. Would you still think all cards suck? Two queens? Like, if I get a queen, I'm excited already. Two queens in one hand or two queens just if, in general? If I get like, two queens yeah. in one hand, I'm going to go all in for sure. You should. I will. I think I two queens going all in is not bad. I did that Thank too, you. and I beat a guy that had jacks. Thank you. You're I would also go all, all in with jacks, depending on the circumstance. Would you go in with just one ace? Because I, I will I will every single time. If it was an ace-king ace suited. Oh, dude, I'd go in with an ace too. i go all in on an ace too. It really depends on the person playing. Because, well, like, against you, maybe. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. <laughs> 
I don't like the snark. <laughs> Mark, can we edit out her snark? Thank you. Against you, if you go all in, I'll make sure I have something that's not aces, just so that if that hits instead of an ace. I'll be like, how did you do oh, it? <laughs> I'll go in my Q6 and hit a Q6 so that it beat your, your ace that never shows up. I will ask the dealer why this game is bullshit. <laughs> I think ace should beat everything. It's fine. We'll it it does sometimes. It should. Sometimes. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't lie unless someone was trying to take all of my money and therefore it's okay to bluff in poker and on your taxes. Facts. Facts, right? Yeah, you better, you better be bluffing out there on your taxes. So that is financial advice. That is. And any CPA will tell you. Uh, they, they love it. <laughs> and hey, they'll tell the IRS that you're bluffing. This is the daughter of a CPA right here. This is good advice. See? I learned from the best. Yeah. Uh, oh, this one is the last, well, kind of the last one I have on my list. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think, the most important one in both poker and in life is always be a student. I agree completely. Always be learning. Don't be an expert. Yeah. Go, go note all of your hands, things that you lost on, things that you won on, and then work on it off the table. And same thing with life is like, you can't just stop learning. I, like a lot of people just stop learning and it's, it's sad. Like, you no, like life's, you, there's so much knowledge to be learned. Like go, go learn, be a student. And that's not just with like subjects, but also like when in your interactions with people, yeah. you can always learn something from someone no matter who they are. And from being humble yourself too, not thinking you know everything. Yes, exactly. Like that's the worst trait I think that some people have and we all fall for it sometimes. Yeah. But Thinking that you know everything about something instead of just trying to listen. That's actually rough. one of the tilts, which I'll talk about, is entitlement tilt. Or just yeah. thinking you're the best. And so you constantly play players that are better than you and you lose your money. It's rough. Because man. you just think like you're like, how could you lose? You're the best. You're like so good and you know everything. But that's one of the funnest things though, it's I have so to fun. say. It's well, there's also a fun thing to like you know, our internet personas. Mm -hmm. It's very fun. Yeah. To pretend certain things sometimes. Just yeah. For the memes and for the fun of it. Be, be very clear with your delivery that you're joking. Yeah. Well, well, but sometimes it's not as fun to, 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 to let everyone know that you're joking. Oh, right. That's all. Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes, you know, <laughs> I go hard on that shit. Yeah. And then people really do people think, really think that. that I think I'm like a god at like whatever it is. Say yeah. it's like writing movie scripts or whatever. And they really do think that I sit there and like jerk off to my own movies or whatever, uh -huh. or like I, I, like that I've even seen any of them in years. Like they they actually think that I like, yeah, that think I am dude, the fucking man. That happened to me with uh, J.K. Party because yeah. it's it's all board games, right? But they brought me on, and I'll I could talk about this in a different episode. Actually, I prepared an Eminem episode that um, I was thinking about J.K. Party with, but um, yeah, when they when I got asked to be a regular on J.K. Party. I was replacing three people that were super, super competitive. And they thought, uh, the producers of JK Party thought that since those three were leaving, they needed a strong personality to fill the shoes. And no one that was left on JK Party was like that competitive or strong. So they were like, maybe if we have you be extra competitive, yeah, it'll bring it. out the competitive this nature you were, told, you were directed yeah exactly and it did work well, like with tiff she ended up getting more competitive and it yeah. was like working right but then um i guess and i understand this that it wasn't fun to watch someone that was super competitive playing people that weren't that competitive right um and so uh but anyway like they i was giving the direction and after each episode to like even hype it up more just yeah. like go and like be even more competitive and people really thought that i took games like yeah, yeah, yeah. so seriously that i was like mean and like bullying people or whatever and i'm like dude that could be farther from the truth yeah. but like i i do like playing games seriously but um 
but not like I believe like I'm like so wrapped in the game that like I have to like we have to win like it's not like that at all it's just like try to nudge people to like hey you think you could win like try it you know like it's like fake trash talk it's like silly things I think it's so silly to play board games seriously or to play like really silly games like the sillier the game I think it's more fun to play it it seriously seriously. yeah of course it is like battleship but people thought like Dude, oh my I, god, she like really I, cares when if I was she a wins kid Uno. And I saw the commercial for Battleship where two guys are dressed like fucking marine generals or whatever, like admirals. Yeah. I was like, that is the fucking funniest thing I've it's ever hilarious. seen. Hilarious. Yeah. Like dress up for Battleship. Yeah, so that we started doing that, that in uh Salem. We started dressing up like witches and stuff. It was just funny. Like it's yeah, just funny. Like you're you're playing games for a living. Like that's so funny. <laughs> it's just... But then yeah, yeah, people will take it seriously or they'll believe that you th- you really think that it's funny it's a blast yeah um so okay another thing is playing on tilt that comes out in poker and i was mentioning this earlier is like it can bring out what you're emotionally triggered by in life can be triggered in in the game yes and that's just as much something that you should work on in poker as, as you should work on in life and um there's actually a really good book i think i mentioned it in a different episode but this the mental game of poker by jared tendler and if you're watching on youtube i'm showing it to you but uh but yeah it's a really good book about controlling tilt and it i think it's also applicable to life but there's he basically breaks it down and i'm not going to get too detailed in this but he basically breaks down all the different types of tilt so there's fear desperation tilt when you're just like scared of losing money maybe you had a a bad run Hell yeah i do that that's my that's my whole yeah. game sometimes when i'm playing craps dude i'm like oh my god i just got wrecked on that last one let's make it up let's go yeah. So, well, no, that's that's an overconfidence one. So I'm talking about people that have lost so many times that they're now scared. Like even when they have a good hand, they can only see them getting beat. Oh, Jesus. And so they're like, they're so scared to put to to win. Oh, no. And so it's really easy to bluff people off the pot when they're like running on tilt fear based because they're just like playing like so scared. Um, someone counting their money at the table co- continuously is someone that it's kind of a sign that they're playing on fear yeah on fear based uh then there's revenge tilt which i feel like is one that Hell yeah, that man. you would I'm get tilted in. by is when you feel disrespected or you're taking it personally if someone feels like someone's only c betting you like yep. they're only doing it to you like every time someone else raises they don't re-raise but when you raise they always like re-raise your your bet Love it. and so you start getting just like you this motherfucker yeah. i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna get revenge on this person they become like your enemy and they don't even know sometimes they don't even know that you've like built them like they don't even know that they were just so happened to be you that (laughs) they continue to have a good hand against i think that's what happened to my my guy in vegas the guy that was like best friending me in the beginning you weren't because i kept going head to head with him but it was just so happened i had good hands when he was betting and so i think he felt bullied because he continuously lost um he won one pot against me and then he lost all of the rest of them. And wow. so I think that's what happened there. Okay, but, let me ask you this. Speaking of that. Okay. Okay. So one of the reasons why we proselytize uh, craps, why we love craps. I don't know that word. Oh, like. What was we, it? Like proselytize. Proselytize. Like, yeah, we're out there. Like, it's, like it's like a religious sermon. We're like out there like going like, craps is the way. <laughs> yeah, it's we're the like, light. It's and the we beauty. have like rituals that yeah, we yeah, do yeah. while we're rolling the dice. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. Is because you're playing with the table. Now you don't have to. You can do all kinds of other shit. But we like the yeah, fact that we're all time, in it together. Yeah, you're all in it together. With poker, you're there to take other people's money. Yeah. So how do you sleep at night? How, how do you how do you feel good about it? 
Yeah. Like morally. Well, so you're, the term taking people's money is exactly how revenge tilted people feel. Is someone just took my money. <laughs> so good. But when you're playing poker, you're volunteering your money. And yeah. it's just going to the, the better player. And so you're. I, I feel like I could sleep at night because if I made a profit, it meant that I was the better player that day. So yesterday, you walk in there, mm -hmm. you drop two hundo on the table, Yes. you walk out with 800. Uh -huh. How the fuck do you sleep at night? Just fine. Okay. Just fine. Thank you. Yeah, I usually, um, I, do, great, I, have, I have a skincare routine okay, cool. that I do. Uh, I usually have a cat sleeping next to me. True. Um, I set my head on the pillow and T minus three seconds later. So that is how you sleep at night. Thank you. That's, okay. I'm just gone. Thank you. Yeah. And that's exactly how it is. I'm usually a side sleeper. Too. Restless? Side sleeper. Okay. Uh, only when a cat's biting my face in the middle of the night. True, but I've other than that. that, I'm pretty rock hard sleeper. Okay. Love it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So then there's the entitlement or overconfidence tilt. And that's when you think you're the best player at the table and you're just, you're meant to win this pot. Yeah. Like you, like you just, you're the better than all these people. So that's, you have a better hand than them. I actually kind of had this tilt in the very, very beginning like when I would have the best preflop hand, like if you have pocket aces, like oh you're like, my God, I'm, I'm going to win, right? Twice. I'm going to get, can I buy in more and then go all in with double pot? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't, but yeah, oh, but yeah, that's how, that's the mentality, that's right? You're like, I'm going to fucking wreck everyone. Yep. And then when I would lose that hand, it's so devastating. Cause I'm like, wait, I was supposed to win that hand. You shouldn't be able to lose that hand. <laughs> it feels bad, man. Like, it feels like I was supposed to win that one. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to lose that one. So there's like an entitlement one. Uh, or there's also this overconfidence tilt where you're just like, I'm just so, I could play any hand and I could win. Like, I could play, I just can win every hand, you know? Uh, there's an injustice one where that guy that's like, I can win every hand does win every hand. And then you're the one playing him and you're like, this is not fair. Like, he shouldn't be winning every hand. So there's an injustice Going this is on? very specific stuff, but yeah. I feel like you have to play poker to understand all of these different things. Yeah. It's like you're describing... Well, it's like any game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picture a person just like fucking lucking into winning every hand and they're being stupid. Right. And then you like feel this sense of injustice because you're like, that's not how it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, there's, and that's how it is in life too. <clears throat> like you can just see dumb fucks getting lucky all the time. <laughs> Or, dude, it's like playing Monopoly with my fucking sister. I'm always going to land her stupid hotel. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck, this is not fair. It's not fair. There's a uh, hate losing till, which is people that just think that they can, that they, they absolutely hate losing so much that the feeling of losing hurts more than the feeling of winning gives them happiness. Oh, God. Like, they just hate losing so much that, like, they'll just avoid it at all costs. Jesus. That one can send them into a till. And tilt is basically anything that makes you angry or, like, makes you play with anger instead of like logic because right. lot anger kind of destroys all of your logic oh yeah yeah uh and then there's also a uh, mistake mistake tilts which you're just you're making a lot of mistakes and you're just beating yourself up and so you're just getting more and more mad at yourself um but anyway he goes over all of them in this book and he goes over the nature of anger and injects like what kind of exercises you can do with logic to overcome tilt if it's happening to you at the table, which I feel like, I feel like you could do that in life too. Like you could use some of these logic injections to combat anger. In I should, life. I should, I really this should. This is not a advice to my co-host, but if he wants to take it that way, I will not uh, deny anything. I should do it. Hey Mark, let's do that. Okay. Okay. We're going to do that. Hey Mark. Thank you, Mark. 
Okay, and lastly, I just wanted to share from this modern poker theory book, which is mostly math and charts. Uh, it's all about game theory, but they have this one breakdown of the attitudes of winning players, and it's a short list that I feel like is also the attitude of successful people in life. So a winning poker player generally has a positive attitude, understands variance, but takes full responsibility for their results, uh, great whether like they're whether they're winning or losing, they're taking responsibility for it. Wear sunglasses inside. They have great worth work ethic. Constantly works on improving their game and puts in the volume. Has their emotions under control. Is always looking for feedback and open to criticism. Long term results oriented. Increases EV by playing weaker opposition most of the time. Uh, it takes care of their health by eating healthy foods, working out, meditating, and drinking lots of water. Sleeps well. Uh, is this has list? pre and post game routines what the fuck are you talking about i mean yeah like it all what? it all contributes having a healthy state of mind is like is like eats fruits really and important. vegetables like what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about you need vitamins i man. watched a bunch of cats eating like triple burgers <laughs> at the vegas table well, it's gonna catch up to I, them i see cats getting massages and like eating like like cheese quesadillas okay let me ask you this were you able to do that at 20 no problem metabolism took care of it yes yeah, were you able to do it at 35 no no, and that's what happens in poker because it eventually it catches it catches up to you. Yeah, but these cats are like fifty and they're eating like a triple triple layer burger. That's not healthy. Well, fine, but they're still winning at the table. What the fuck Maybe is this you don't. About? You've only seen them play one session. It's a bunch of fucking bunch of bunch of bunch of bullshit. Yeah, you're just a, of, you're personally offended by it. A bunch of Hubble blue. <laughs> uh, whereas a losing player generally has a negative attitude, blames variance on bad luck, the poker room, or even the dealers for their poker bad gods, results. The poker gods, I blame is lazy never works on their game and struggles to put in the hours at the tables i'm just waiting for aces baby is often on tilt doesn't take criticism i will get my revenge short-term results oriented has a huge ego therefore plays against better opponents all the time i'm good at poker babe i'm good <laughs> i'm watching my wife doesn't take care of their health eats junk food and never works out hey we're getting sushi tonight right drugs and alcohol abuse sushi is pretty uh, doesn't have good sleeping habits has no problem with going out and partying the night before a big event no nah, i'm not into that you don't have good sleeping habits though you fall asleep in your office chair most of the time hey, wake up at three asleep. in the morning hey you fall asleep oh like I, shit too what every you once in a while watching survivor on the couch but every I fall once, asleep. maybe one night a week i do that i fall asleep maybe one night a week on the couch as well on the, but in your office chair how many times like four so, nights a week yeah okay and then you, you wake and then you come upstairs at like four in the morning Thank Dis you very much. disrupt everyone else's sleep me and like the four kitties that are all trying to sleep nicely in my bed. neck is like all cramped <laughs> yeah, up. it's all cramped up oh. and then you can't you can't do things the next day yes i can you can't fuck hard after that <laughs> <laughs> fantastic only sometimes my neck locks up that's true I can't fuck hard. <laughs> yeah i can't you can't fuck, can't hard. fuck hard you can't so don't fall asleep no like that can. okay even the best fuckers on earth couldn't fuck with their neck all locked up like that i would really believe that Oh, this one though. It tells bad beat stories and complains about how unlucky they are to poker friends. So That's bad beat stories funny. are where like you feel like you should have won and then you, some person got lucky and beat you. But doesn't this you happen do in life? I I love talking uh, about certain bad beat stories, but I actually tell more stories of times that I won that was like, oh, I couldn't believe I won that pot than I do bad beat stories. I, agree. I, I have only like two bad beat stories. <laughs> but they're doozies. They're, they are doozies. They're doozies. And I talk about them on my vlog channel if you want to check it out. YouTube.com um, slash are like, Maybe you should Nikki. do poker vlogs. But don't you know some people like that in real life that just talk about how unlucky they are all the time? Oh, fuck do I. Right? Ever. It's so annoying. 
hey, guess what? Nobody wants to hang out with you. Yeah. Okay? That's the truth. And that's why I don't hang out with you. And this has been shit that they do not tell you about. This has been shit that they do not tell you about. Um, so yeah, if you want to see, I'm going to convert my vlog channel into a poker vlog channel now. And I'm going to convert my YouTube channel into a poker tricks channel. Wow. Cause I don't want to learn the game poker, but I do want to do cool poker tricks at the table. At least they'll be getting a video, huh? True. Wow. Hey, good burn. Thank you. I like that one. Thank you. I try. Thank you. Need a little cream on that one, Mark. Can we put some cream on that one, Mark? Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I hope your poker game uh, improves, and, and that we one day tricks. get to that we one good day get to play each other uh, again. Yeah, like it's it's a new hobby, a newish hobby. I've known how to play poker for a long time. I just didn't know all of the math involved in the pot odds and the equities and all of that stuff has greatly contributed to my love of the game. And I just love finding out what to work on and working on it i played poker with some youtube buddies a couple years ago mm-hmm. and i didn't even know what the fuck was going on the whole time and like they would basically just tell me if i won or not and then i would just take chips it was excellent i played with those same youtube buddies uh, like a year later and won all their money do you yeah, remember you that them. I that do was remember on that. Uh, you wrecked them that was, was before you were obsessed with poker and i was drunk yeah now I have a rule where I do not drink. No, you can't. Because since poker rewards good judgment, I have been very punished whenever I drink and have impaired judgment. Yeah, you get tilted. And I will never forget that. And now I have a rule, strict rule, no drinking before poker games. No getting tilted. Unless folks. it's a casual, like a home game, obviously. But A home game? Like a house game. Look at you, poker fucking Shut legend over fuck here with your up. fucking terms, Shut man. The, I'm just a, a what I do you call a it. game that you're playing? You play in your I house. I love it, dude. Shut up. Nikki's under the gun right now. I'm guys. very cocky. She's under the gun. I'm very, very. Co- I'm the best. <laughs> and uh, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not at all. Just she's actually in the hole. I'm sorry. No, that's you, not true. Oh, I didn't even one? talk about bankroll, but yeah, you, should, you could manage your bankroll. You should manage your bankroll. Don't be a gambling addict. You know. Nice. Yeah. I'm actually been I've been very profitable. Oh yeah, cash, for sure. In my life. Oh come on, games. tell them, tell them, tell them what. Tell them how much. How what's your what's your um the cool the cool thing. Oh the how many BBs per hundred. Yeah, how many BBs per hundred. Well, so far it's at eighteen BBs per hundred. Eighteen big blinds per hundred dollars. Per hundred hands. Per hundred hands. Thank you. Yeah, but I think that's there. I had one losing session logged in there. I feel like that. I feel like that number can go up a little bit. But real quickly, explain what that means. Okay, so for every 100 hands you play, you're winning 18 big blinds. So if the big blind at your table is $5, you're winning 18 times $5, Sick. which is 50 plus 40, $90 Sick. per 100 hands. Now, that that's okay. That's an okay rate. That's about, about $25 an hour, a little less than $25 an hour. I would like to get fifty dollars an hour. That's my point. You're trying to get longshoreman money, union longshoreman yeah, money. Longshoreman money. Love it. Yeah, but it's just honestly, it really is just like just a hobby where I love improving the game, and then the monetary part is just like a bonus. It's a it's a really sick bonus because like if you think about it, it's all non taxed money. So let's say like my you know my my average right now is like two hundred dollars a session. So what if what if I played like five days a week, and then then that's like thousand dollars a week and then that's four thousand dollars a month that's forty eight thousand dollars a year she's not an addict folks. With, with no taxes this like, is just reasonable forty eight thousand dollars tax-free like are you going to say no to that how are you going to say no to that this try, is just reasonable try and say no to that try and say no why aren't you quitting no your no jobs out there why aren't exactly. you playing poker everybody should quit their job right now and play, and play poker. poker and guess what we really mean Thank that you. and that's been sure they don't really tell you mean that and we will see you at the tables <laughs> please take that statement very seriously and post it all over the place because we really mean that. Thank you. Okay.
Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.